Welcome back to the 83rd episode of the Monster Movie Stomp Down. you got your host, Sludge, here. Co-host across from me is Mark, the master from Texas. Ruben. And this is going to be a great episode. Why? Because it is my birthday bash episode. We're going to do a double feature today because it was my birthday three days ago. You know, I was pretty excited about this until Stompy posted earlier today. Um, did you guys <laughs> see his post? I read, yep, I read one I did. of them. I can't remember what, which one. Well, you know, because, you know, they're, they're, they handle the commercials oh, yeah. and promoting oh, the yeah. episodes. Oh, yeah. And so he goes online and he posts, you know, that this one's coming up and, and he starts talking all this crap. He's like, so I guess Sludge thinks he's the man or some crap. You know I mean? It's just <laughs> yeah. like, uh, oh, yeah. thanks, I man. Did I didn't read that. <laughs> I was so excited at first, but I'm like, man, look at you. Ruining freaking yeah. things. Ruin it, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, belligerent. Just belligerent. Really, really <laughs> pushing the birthday. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah. definitely is. You know, and... He drives me nuts because now he you know, he called the other day, and he's like, "Hey man, we need to update the um, online images." I'm like, of "What?" He's like, "Us, me and Frank." I was like, "Why?" Oh man, well I bought a hoodie and this cool Batman hat, and I'm gonna wear it for the shows <laughs> now. I'm like, "So why do I need to up- update?" Because I'm gonna wear it all the time, man. You know, just I can't do his voice. He's just a freaking brash. But anyway, so. Yeah, so we're in the process of trying to get updated images for them. I'm like, you were such a he's a diva. But he's good at what he so does. So now now he's gonna wear a Batman mask, huh? Or what a Batman Batman hat. It is a or pretty a hat. cool hat. Oh, he, yeah. He, is he's, it okay? He's in a picture, right. I'm like, that is pretty sweet. Uh-huh. But I was I even told him, I was like, dude, where did you find a hoodie to wear? Like, I mean, <laughs> did, did you go to Walmart's, you know, juniors section? And <laughs> of course <laughs> that, that pissed him yeah, off. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> why did you just open the no, can no, of No, come on. Stompy goes to he's he's much more sophisticated. He goes to Gap Kids. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gap, Gap Kids. kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get those those new promo pictures of him done and I'm gonna put a Gap Kids thing I, right I, I know I know one thing though. Man, I'm not late in posting any of my stuff because he's on me if I don't post it in time. <laughs> Dude, like, I was thinking about it the other night, like last yeah. night, because we record on Tuesdays, and it was Monday. I'm like, I'm, you're going through, had a busy day. Then it was like 8 o'clock or something. I'm like, oh, crap, I got I to gotta post the underdogs because if not, we'll freaking get a message from Stompy <laughs> at any moment. Yeah. Just, yep. just waiting for it. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty excited. The guy, rule, the yeah, guy rules with fear. We, with we, fear. We, yeah. we, we've got their... Um, their first uh, episode coming out at the end of the month, the 30th is when it's coming out. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it. But uh, Frank messaged me the other day. And he's like, Sludge, can, can, can I have a certain song on our intro? You know, because I make all the intros for our show and the other shows in the network. I said, yeah, man, what do you, what, what do you want? Because usually I'll be like, hey, you know, when some of the other guys in the network are like, hey, you know, we want to do a new intro. Um, will you make one? I said, absolutely. Send me a couple ideas of what you're kind of going for, style or genre, and then we'll start building from there, and we'll create an all-original intro for them. And uh, so I told I told Frank, I was like, yeah, man, just send me whatever, and uh, and we'll work on it. And, of course, he sends me, like, three Hasselhoff songs. <laughs> and my thought process was, 
Dude, this is going to piss Tommy off. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not going to. He loves his brother, but he is not going to go for it. Yeah, I can't wait for Stompy to hear the oh, no. intro we got oh, going no. for him. So it'll be pretty good. <laughs> but we're excited, man. They've got their first episode. It's going to be a shorter episode. Like I said, I've gave them about 15, 20 minutes. And they're going to review the movies we're doing tonight, 20 Million Miles to Earth and The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, my two favorite Ray Harryhausen films. And, of course, later this month, uh, we're doing The Monster, a 2016 film. They're going to do that one also. Um, so they're going to give you their review and their opinions on the films that we do this month. Oh, so Lordy. It'll be interesting. I, I wonder scene. what that's going to be like. Yeah, that one's going to be interesting. Well, you know, since, since they have came on the scene, I'm really, really thinking I need to have a meeting with Stompy because I think I can get a new chair. I really do. <laughs> oh, right. I really, really do. I really well, do. Yeah. It's probably because he'll annoy the freaking crap out of me until I get one. I'm like, God, or he yes. may go pick one up. Who knows? I mean, yes. He acts like he's all nice and stuff, but he's definitely not. So, all right, guys. See, yeah, I'm, I'm insulated from that. I'm all the way in Texas. He's not going to come. Oh down yeah, you're here. lucky. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're yeah, definitely lucky. He ain't coming down here. Yeah. He's not coming down here. No, you, yeah, you don't have to know how. You don't have to deal with him showing up here yeah. in the studio. Yeah, nope, nope. No, sure don't. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Gosh. So, all right. Yeah. So, but pretty stoked about it. Make sure you guys. Now you got to go make sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our YouTube channels at the Monster Movie Stop Down because that is where their show. Their show will be a lot or an actual video podcast, a video cast. Um, so you'll get to see them in action. It'll be our first video show for the Monster Movie Stop Down. But you do have to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit the like buttons, the bell notification, whole nine is all yards, so you know when the episodes are coming out. And definitely check that out. It's, I'm pretty stoked about it. And I'm going to tell you what, though. One last thing, and we'll get moving. We're supposed to paint the new room this weekend. And if that little freaking orange prick don't show up to help me paint, I'm going to be so mad. Because he's like, we got to do it this way, sludge. We got to do it this way. And I'm like, all right, fine. We'll paint, you know, this, we'll do this, We'll paint this way. So he better freaking be here to help me paint. Oh, Again, I'm what that's so glad like. I'm in Texas. So glad I'm in Texas. <laughs> yeah, so, but, oh, all right. Anyway, so yeah, so this is my birthday bash. I just had a birthday um, on the third of this month. Um, and we decided, or I, to pick two movies, I want to do a double feature of my favorite Ray Harryhausen films. Uh, we've we've done movies that Ray's worked on, and we've talked about Ray tons of times through our shows. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ray Harryhausen because I mean, growing up, stop motion animation, or as later on in his career, I think Charles Sneer and the crew changed it to what they call it, Dynamation. I think it's what they ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dynamation. Um, yeah. You know, calling it that was. I mean, those were some of my favorite films as a child. Was going back and watching, oh, yeah. you know, these two movies or The Valley of Guanji, Clash of the Titans. You know, I mean, all the way back to I mean, King Kong, Mighty Joe Young, which which he didn't work on King Kong. Willis O'Brien did, but Willis O'Brien, who pioneered the stop motion animation, Ray Harryhausen learned from him, and they actually worked together on Mighty Joe Young, the original Mighty Joe Young, not the one with uh, Charlize Theron or whatever it was, and right, yeah, Bill yeah, Paxton. Yeah. That was a good remake, by the way. I did like that one, actually. Um, kind of really captured the soul of the first film. But so anyways, huge Harryhausen fan. And I was like, man, I want to do my two favorite ones. And to me, there's not a bad Harryhausen film. It just doesn't exist. Um, I mean, even, I mean, gosh, I mean, he's done so many good movies. Even Mysterious Island, which I would put on the lower tier of his films yeah. in ranking. Because, I mean, you got, gosh, the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts. I mean, all these movies. 
Yeah. Even Mysterious Island was great. Like it's so so his stuff is his work's phenomenal. So so we decided to do these two. And of course the first one we're gonna to do tonight is gonna to be twenty million miles to Earth. Oh yeah. Um which did come after twenty thousand or the beast from twenty thousand fathoms, which is our second movie, but twenty million miles to earth is my favorite, so it's gonna go first. So let's go ahead and yeah. get started, man. Here's the trailers. <laughs> XY-21, which crashed into the Mediterranean Sea on the 11th, was a single-stage, astral-propelled rocket launched 13 months ago from a site within the United States. The rocket, with its complement of 17 men, had landed on the planet Venus. Venus? The planet Venus? Some of you may also have heard the story of a monster now confined here in Rome Zoo. That beast is from Venus. things better left unsolved. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Impossible, unbelievable, fantastic. But I tell you, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Yes, it could happen. For various authorities believe that buried somewhere under the polar ice cap, in a state of suspended animation, are the awesome creatures, the leviathans that roamed the earth at the dawn of time. And under certain conditions, a nuclear explosion could free one from his icy tomb. Then, guided by instinct, the beast would come back, back to the caverns of the deepest Atlantic where it was spawned, an armored giant wreaking his prehistoric fury on modern man and his puny machines. Cities would be terrorized by the cruel intruder from the past. Populations crazed and panicked with fear by its destructive force. Granite and steel would crumble. Soldiers and their weapons would be powerless before the onslaught of the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast from 20,000 fathoms. Herald Square, 34th Street. Broadway, 
every section of the city is guarded. No one knows where the monster will strike next. Another one, Colonel? No. You know what a radioactive isotope is? No, but if it can be loaded, I can fire it. I'll load it. Just remember one thing. This is the only isotope of its kind this side of Oak Ridge, so you can't miss. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I <laughs> that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. All right, and that was the trailer for 20 Million Miles to Earth and The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, the movies we're going to review tonight, and as well a commercial for our brothers Pete and his crew over at Good Beer, Bad Movie Night. Uh, make sure we've got a whole slew of shows for you guys at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. You can find us all on Facebook and Instagram. Go join all the groups. Follow all of us on, on Instagram. We promise you um, you've got great shows that you can listen to all week long from every one of us, um, and especially – Pete's crew. They picked the worst movies, and they're absolutely hilarious. I agree with that one. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark's super excited because we actually uh, got Pete picking Mark's birthday movie yeah. next month. So, oh, and, and I don't know what I know what it's boiling down to. So I can't wait for him yeah. to decide. So well, now he's on vacation. You said he's, he's on vacation right now. Yes, he's not what, what anything special. I know he's, he was uh, him and his wife went uh, skiing in Colorado. Skiing. Yep. Skiing. Yep. He, he said he could literally be a dishwasher. And just there and ski every day. Like, he loves skiing, so. Be careful, Pete. Be careful. We wouldn't want you to have an accident. <laughs> Mark, with your fingers are crossed. What's going on there? So I got an airline ticket for Stompy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and a heads up, guys. We do want to apologize in advance. If you hear something that sounds like this. It's because oh, I went to Dollywood this past weekend, and they have classic candy that I grew up on, and I bought like a two-pound bag, and it's sitting on our table right now. And so me and Mark might be grabbing candy throughout the show. Well, I put, you notice I threw it back in there. You threw it back in the bag? Yes. Well, but yet the bag's sitting wide open in front of us. Yeah, like, right in front of you. It's well, point at that we can, just, we can just pour it all oh, out on the table. Oh, that's wrong. Look at I mean, that. Look at oh, this pile man. of just goodness. No, no bit of honeys. You won't be able to talk. It'll be no, just... no. Yeah. So I love classic candy. Webber Mark does too. I mean, and uh, it was him and my grandparents, and um, I got we got bit of honeys. We've got atomic fireballs. We got chicka sticks, Charleston chews. I mean, you name it. When it comes to the classic oh, yeah. candy, it's here. The unnamed strawberry candy, which everybody's yes. grandmother had. Uh, you know, it's like that strawberry hard candy, but it's got the strawberry gel inside. Got the red green wrapper. Yeah, that looks like a yeah. strawberry. Yeah. Like, oh, what yeah. are these called? I, Does anybody know what these uh, are called? 
I have no idea. <laughs> There's no name. These have no name. They're grandma's strawberry candy. That's what it is. So well, anyways. If we're going to do this, then you're going to need to put some in a box and mail them to Ruben. So we should. can all sit down together. And, <laughs> Ruben's and, staring at the candy yeah, like, man. He's just looking. Mm-hmm. How, how's it going over <laughs> in Texas now, Ruben? <laughs> nah. uh, so, anyways, so yeah, let's get just s- fine, just fine, because I'm not diabetic. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get started here. First one, 20 million miles to Earth. Man, huge fan of this movie. This movie came out in June 1957. Was directed by Nathan Duran, uh, of course, stars the great William Hooper and Joan Taylor. Uh, Joan Taylor actually was working with Ray Harryhausen like the year before. She did Earth versus the Flying Saucers with with um, with him, and uh, as well as Charles Sneer, who produced this film and produced Earth versus the Flying Saucers, and he did. Uh, he worked on a lot of stuff with Ray Harryhausen. I mean, almost everything. I mean, he worked on uh, Charles Sneer, of course, did so many great classic uh, science fiction fantasy films back in the day, and a slew of them he did with Ray. I mean, he did 20 Million Miles to Earth, Clash of the Titans, Golden Voyage of Sinbad, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, It Came From Beneath the Sea, Jason the Argonauts, Mysterious Island, Valley of Guanji, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. The list goes on. And those two, I feel like, were the perfect team. Because everything they put out, if I mean, if it had Charles Sneer and Ray Harryhausen's name attached to it, it's just gold, absolute gold. Um, but so this movie's got a pretty cool, simple plot. A group of astronauts actually make it to Venus. Um, and the movie starts off with the uh, rocket ship actually crash landing on its way back in uh, Italy, in Sicily. Um, and... It, no one survives other than Toby Hooper's character. Um, he's the only one that survives. The rest of the crew ends up has already died or ends up dying. Um, and, but through the crash, as they're getting rescued out by some of the local fishermen, uh, an awesome little boy named Pepe, who all he cares about is his cowboy hat, and he's got you know he finds this, yeah. this test tube or this tube container um, that has washed ashore from this ship, and he takes this thing, what's inside of it is this gelatinous-like egg, and takes it to a local scientist um, there, uh, or zoologist, and sells it to him for uh, what, 200 liters. How do you pronounce that, Ruben? 200 liters? Lira. 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 200 lira. lira. Um, so that he can buy himself a cowboy hat like it is in the movies. And the boy, he gets his 200 lira and gets his cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. You get to see him shooting his little pretend yeah. guns earlier. I'm so excited for Pepe because he, he gets what he from wants. The, from the country of Texas that's right next to the United States. Oh, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's what he does say. The country that's of right. Texas. And that perfectly sets up the attitude of Texans. So he hit it right <laughs> on the money. We think we're another country altogether all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so he sells this thing to, uh, Dr. Leonardo, who, uh, is played by Frank Puglia. Um, and, um, he finds out this thing ends up hatching and we have the Emir, um, the creature in this movie, which it never, it's called the Emir, um, but it never actually gets named throughout the movie. Um, so they end up, you know, they, they've got the Emir, him and his daughter, who's played by Joan Taylor who's Marissa Leonardo, and they start to study this thing, and they find out that this thing overnight doubles in size. Well, while this is going on, the surviving uh, ca- uh, colonel, the William Hooper's, or Hopper's character, uh, Robert Calder, 
um, they're looking for this thing. You know, they they, they brought they know they brought this creature back, and they're trying to find it. Um, and they obviously do end up finding it because it escapes from Doctor Leonardo. Uh, because again, this thing doubles in size almost every night. So the chase is on, and throughout the the countryside of Italy, all the way into Rome. They are chasing and fighting after this creature tooth and nail. This thing feeds on sulfur, um, and so as this thing terrorizes through the, the countryside, it ends up going to some sulfur pits where they're able to have finally trap it. Uh, they do talk about how they were able to find out that electricity paralyzes the animal, um, and so they use uh, electric electrified nets off of helicopters to trap it and then paralyze it, and then they take it to Rome um, to... They got it chained up, and they're there to study it. Uh, during that, they you know they find out that hey, this thing's pretty much bulletproof. Why is it not, you know, these the bullets not harming it? The scientists do let them know it's because it has no heart or lungs. It's got a vast system of of tubes through its body, like these veins that provide oxygen and blood flow, uh, which makes it almost impossible to kill. Now, as they go to do some te- run some other tests on it, uh, it does manage to wake up and escape, and it breaks out of the facility into Rome. To, it fights an elephant, and which is what a, you would think a space monster versus an elephant wouldn't be that great of a fight. It is absolutely epic. Um, and he takes the elephant down, and he makes it to the Colosseum, where they end up finally f- killing the monster at the top of the Colosseum. It's grown to gigantic size at this point. Um, and uh, they end up finally taking it down, and it dies there at the Colosseum at the final battle of Rome, which is absolutely awesome. Pretty simplistic plot. Uh, a lot of the movies that they did back then had simplistic plots. So uh, this was just a great science fiction monster movie. Alien from Venus doubles in size every night, every day. This thing goes from being a little tiny, what, maybe 10-inch tall animal, which is what its normal size is yeah. on Venus. yeah. But because of our atmosphere, it goes from that to being like 50 feet tall. Um, and, of course, the special effects provided by Ray Harryhausen are absolutely amazing. I will run first on this one. And then let when you guys – because I'm excited. I love this movie, man. Go um, right ahead. So big, big fan of this one. Uh, there, there's really <laughs> nothing I don't like about this film. Um, like I said, the, the plot is – is it's a good 50 science fiction plot movie. I mean, you got a, an alien from another planet terrorizing the countryside and then Rome and which is great because originally this movie was supposed to take place in like Chicago I think but um, Ray Harryhausen always wanted to vacation in Italy and so he changed the <laughs> script because he this movie is based off of a, a script he wrote of his concept and so they moved from Chicago to Italy just so he can go work in Italy and vacation in Italy while this was being <laughs> oh, that done. Works pretty good. Genius. Genius move yeah, Ray. Yeah. I mean that's perfectly genius. Yeah. Um, but it's cool because I don't know of any other monster movie that takes place in Italy and Rome. You know what I mean? Like like this one does. Um, definitely none in Italy. And uh, you got some classic, you know, Greek-based movies like Clash of the Titans and stuff where you get around Rome and those areas, but not Italy. So it's cool. We got John Monster yeah. in Italy. Um, and I think the acting's top-notch. I mean, William Hopper, of course, has done a lot of movies from back then. Joan Taylor, the same. <clears throat> she did phenomenal in Earth vs. the Flying Saucers. But the whole cast, Frank Puglia, I mean, he's he's an exceptional actor, uh, Frank is. He plays Dr. Leonardo. Even the little kid who plays Pepe. I mean, everybody in this cast oh, yeah. was super strong, did an absolutely great job, um, and the special effects were handled to a T. I think this is the best special effects that he, Harry Harryhausen ever did. 
Soundtrack is absolutely great. The pacing of the movie is great. There's never any real downtime where you get bored. Once it starts, it just keeps on rolling. And um, and everything just kind of, to me, the whole movie just stepped up each scene. And it, and it goes along with the monster's growth. You know what I mean? Like when, when they have to pull off be, uh, because the, the straps and the cage the monsters is in come loose. Uh, Joan Taylor's character's out there trying to tie them back down. And they got the cage covered, but then... The, the Ymir's arm busts out through it and grabs at her, and she's screaming. You know, it goes from that to him escaping, uh, to hit the, the fight scene in the barn, to the fight with the dogs, to the sulfur pits, to, you know, being captured and then, you know, fighting the elephant, to the big fight against the army at the Coliseum. It's just like every scene they upped the ante with the Ymir, which was awesome. So, I mean, because it just went top notch from start to finish and then the special effects man I'm, i have to harp on this i'm such a fan of stop motion animation and yeah. harry housen's stop motion animation is the best there is um and this one i think was the pinnacle i remember the, the one scene where the emir is laying on the table when they've got it captured and they're trying to study it and it's passed out um or it's unconscious and um you can see it breathing and this was the first yeah. film where what he, he had yeah. tried this and what he had done was is in the model, he would put in a little balloon tied to a tube and the tube would run out of the model and then he had a little squeezer on it and then he would squeeze it, <laughs> pumping air in and out, in and out to make the clay, clay model look like it was actually breathing. And, and he did this in pretty much every film from here on out for his. But he did it. The best scene of that was that scene of the Emir laying on the table, and it just looks awesome because it made it look like it it was alive. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So I mean, super, super amazing job with the special effects. I love this movie for all those reasons, but I love this movie so much more because the Emir is not. It's a dangerous, dangerous monster, but it's an innocent monster. It was taken from its home planet. Yeah. And then it's just attacked constantly while it's just trying to figure out where it's at, what, how to survive type deal. And it never even actually really kills every, anything, save a few of the army guys at the end. But like the dogs, the elephant, you know what I mean? Like even the elephant, he fights the elephant, he bites it in the neck, and the elephant kind of gives up. And then the Ymir walks off, but you see the, ne- the following scenes, the elephant's still breathing. You know what I mean? So he, he's not really, he's just trying to stop from being attacked the whole time. And... Th- this was probably the best, aside from, I think he did a phenomenal job with Mighty Joe Young, but aside from Mighty Joe Young, the emotion that comes off of this creature, I mean, like, when, it get, when, they, when they shoot it with the flamethrowers and it's frightened, like, you see it. You know, when they shock him with the electric necks, you see the pain he goes through. I mean, the anger across his face. I mean, the emotions he was able to bring to life with this clay model is unreal. Absolutely unreal. Um, and it made you feel for the monster. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it, at the end when it dies, it's like, man, what a great movie, but what a sad ending for something. I mean, this is just, he's an, he, you know, he's a stranger in a strange land, and everything's out to get him. You know what I mean? He's just trying. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to, but, he, you know, he, you can imagine he just wants to get home. Right. But he never makes it. So, to me, it was just, it was a great monster movie. It was a tragic story. The special effects were the freaking best of stop motion animation there is. The acting was great. Directing was great. The, I, the soundtrack was great. I have zero complaints on this film. There's not one exists. What about you guys? Now, did, do you think it, it, it reminded you of the Kraken from? Well, it did. Last, it did. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I thought it did. Not just the Kraken, but also, um, uh, uh, Calibus. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the yeah. design and movement of Calibus and the facial structure of the Kraken were both yeah. taken from the Ymir's design. I thought um, I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah. I mean, and and I agree with you. I mean, great, great movie. You know, and and then with them going ahead and colorizing it or however you want to oh, say yeah, it. Oh yeah, for the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah thought, they, they uh, colorized the that, film, which is the version I just watched, which thought it was just fantastic and. Uh, uh, just really, um, really thought it was a great movie. You know, I, I'd watched it before the black and white version, and I, and I really liked it. But then I watched it again. I thought, man, this is just—it's great. And you know, in the stop motion, uh, you're, you're exactly right. You you, you can't stop uh, how good and look and see how oh, good that he does. It's so fluid, yeah. so fluid. And, and the acting yeah. was very good. And so uh, I'm with you. Uh, of course, it wasn't my birthday wish to watch it, but I'm glad we did because it. Definitely, yeah. definitely uh, was worth time to sit down and just watch it and, and really enjoy it. I thought it was a great movie. Yep. Ruben, what about you, man? Oh, man, you covered a lot of what I was going to say. This is, I'll just say, this is the best stop motion movie I've ever seen. I mean, and, and I was a, I'm a huge fan of the Sinbad series that he did. Those were my, you know, as a kid, those were on TV all the time. This one wasn't on as much. Um, uh, in fact, I, I can't remember the last time it was on, I must've just seen this once, but once I saw it again, I remembered, I said, Oh, I kind of remember, I remember Pepe. So that's, that's what I said. Now nah, I've seen this one before, but the stop motion is just incredible. And especially, you know, I'm watching it in 1080p and high definition, right? Yep. And the stop motion yeah, you know it's stop motion, but it's so flawless. Even when he fights the farmer, the farmer is right. stop motion. Yeah. The farmer is stop motion. That's how much detail is in this movie. And yeah, you can kind of tell it's him, but they put so much detail into that farmer. I was I was in awe. And then that elephant and that elephant, even though it was it was a cross between stop motion and a real elephant charging, but that elephant was done so well and, and Amir was just perfect and I, I too noticed I'm like he has him breathing even the dog I think there was a part of the when the dog was in stop motion yep. and he was breathing I'm like man you know he didn't have to do that but he did to give it the realistic view because imagine watching this and just good old fashioned 480i back in the day on TV it must have looked perfect absolutely perfect oh yeah you know, because there's no way you could, you know, in 1080p, the only, you know, the, the worst thing about 1080p is you get a great picture, but it exposes certain things that maybe before. Well, you see what happens when you eat too much candy? See? Well, I couldn't help yeah, it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Chewing on chicken sticks. Yeah, the listeners can only listen, but he put a candy in his mouth and all of a sudden he, he goes off he goes off the <laughs> microphone to... <laughs> and he's all red and everything. I don't know what happened there. Must have been one of those red hots. Oh, oh no, that's next. Uh, so, that, the Tommy yeah. Fireball is next. Yeah. But I was in awe of the perfection of the stop motion. And, and yeah, the acting was great. And uh, the soundtrack was great on it. I loved it. Um, even the ship looked great to me. I mean, there was nothing on, on this movie. And I watched a colorized version. Oh, and that and, and that uh, ship, that yeah. ship hanging out, uh, sticking out of the water, did look fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it did. Nice. It was just, I'm like, I can't believe what a great job they did this in movie, and I can't believe that this movie is not 
propped up more as as one of the great monster movies because it should be. Oh, absolutely, it really should be. I completely. It really that. should be. the The movie we're doing after this gets accolades because uh, we'll talk about it then. But this one should get accolades too because it is just it's just done so well. Yes, it's a 1950s sci-fi, you know, I. Atomic Age movie, but this wasn't even. This had nothing to do with with the Atomic Age. It had to do with going to Venus, which I, I find weird. In the fifties, it was v, you know Venus was always the planet in a lot of these movies. It's never Mars. Right. And then all of yeah. a sudden, and then all of a sudden it became Mars. But for the longest time, it was Venus. You know, even uh, Mark's favorite wasn't that in v, that was on Venus. Wasn't monsters, it? Or they yeah. were from Venus. They yeah, came from yeah, monsters yep. from Venus. Yeah, they came from Venus. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's still on. So I, <laughs> I found it. I found I found it fascinating that they use you know in those movies they used Venus as the the planet to visit versus Mars. Go to yeah, you know, I, I, let's go to Venus. Yeah, the go to planet, the hip planet yeah. of the early fifties was <laughs> Venus. It wasn't Mars. It was Venus. You know, and uh, but no, there's nothing about this movie that isn't uh, perfect. The only thing that kept this, and, and I should have just given it, gone ahead and given it a five, because the only thing I that kept it from giving it a five is there's movies above it. They're not stop motion, but they're a five as far as monster movies go. So, um, but this one, you, just just put it this way: if I could do it by decimals, I might even go to a four point seven five on this one. That's Ooh, how much I liked it. Oh, it's so yeah, good. so good. And you made you fun know, of me when is. I did three point nine nine seven. Yeah, but we don't do we don't do that on this show. We we do in half half size increments here, and and I'm and I'm willing to live with that, and I'm willing to live with my stomp rating. But this movie is so. The thing is, I watched the other movie first that we're going to talk to talk about second, and I like that one. That one, you know, had some nostalgia, but this one just just it, it negated the nostalgia I had for the other one and got a higher rating. So. um and uh, let's see, is there any other miniature I don't have any notes on? Nope, not on this one, yeah. I, the, maybe I missed it. In the beginning of the movie, they they get they get two people off the rocket. Yes. One scientist dies. Yes. It's like the side of his face is crystallized. Yes. That's yeah. all they did with that, right? I mean, that's I, it. Yeah. 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 There was no further explanation yeah. for that whatsoever. They, they, well, they, they talked, he talked about that something about the air in Venus. So I, I connected it. To, he said something about the atmosphere in Venus that people started getting sick. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They lost yeah. a lot. Yeah. Of yeah. He did. So, that, so yeah. I, I'm a, so at first I thought, well, it's part of that alien infection and this guy's going to turn into the, you know, that's what I, you yeah. know. That would be the assumption, but I was kind of confused about the, the, yeah, when they were talking about it, he says, well, you know, we had a full crew. We got on Venus. We started exploring and guys started, he made it sound like they were just dropping dead on the spot. Yeah, because there was that their, 17, that their suits didn't even pretty, yeah. 17 pilots that made it, that yeah. went and only one yeah. came back. Yeah. yeah. They just, so maybe they just made had it sound like a reason that. to kill them off. And it's, yeah. 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 So, uh, and that, that, I, that caught my attention too, Mark, because I thought he's dragging him out. He says, "Get him too." So I said, "Well, he's not infected with anything. Otherwise, he wouldn't say take him off too right. of the ship when they go in there. The fishermen go out and get him." And uh, so, but that threw me off too because I thought that was going to be a more of a of a of a plot point, and it ended up not being yeah. a plot point at all. No, and, around uh, that time, the Emir's born, and that's right. You know, yeah, takes over completely. Well, I mean, that was just the the big thing. 
uh, right there at the beginning and you know yeah they're trying to get answers out of him and they don't get nothing but yeah <laughs> yeah no, now, than- now my assumption is they bring back this baby amir so is there a daddy and mama back in venus that, they they allude to these creatures being on the planet. Right, right. that's did, about as they? far as it goes. You know, they could have done a they could have done a sequel to this where Mama and Daddy come looking for baby. Oh, I'd no, like to I have seen that. Yeah, yeah any sequel know, to this would have been absolutely amazing. Yes. Um, I know it would have. Well, and then, uh, go ahead. Well, I said well, I, for, I forgot to mention it too. Did you guys know Ray's in the movie? Did y'all know that? I, I saw where he is, but I don't. I, I mean that he was in it, but I don't remember what. He's the man feeding peanuts to the elephant before the it's easy Amir. Okay. okay, so the guy who was supposed to play right. the role didn't make it to the 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 set that day, so Ray just filled in. I mean, because because even though Ray does all the special your, effects posts, your only part in the movie is to feed an yeah, elephant. That's it, and you <laughs> don't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't even do that. So Ray yeah. just he was like, "I'm here. Let's Wait, do it." What, what's even more amazing is he said, "You know that guy is important enough that I need him in there." He was just feeding an elephant. He could have yeah. just gotten somebody else to feed the elephant. Oh yeah, those yeah. people rocking around. Oh, yeah, hey, hey buddy, but you know, so I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because hey, you instead of walking around aimlessly, yeah. you're gonna feed this elephant. You know, so. I find that amazing. I think he just wanted to feed the elephant. Probably. So I, you know, he was on vacation. He just he wanted was. to feed He was. He was on vacation in Italy. He called a guy up and said, hey, take the day off. Don't yeah. Worry yeah about and, and, and another thing that uh, watching the movie and the plot points, I thought it was there was some parallels between, because th- you're right, this, this creature, he just wants, he's like, I don't know where I'm at. Why are you guys shooting at me? And why are you guys, you know, what's this? You know, he climbs on top of the, of the Coliseum, like King Kong climbs the Empire State Building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he gets and he gets shot down like King Kong. He's he hanging on the side like King Kong did, and, and then he falls to his death. You know, just like King Kong. I'm like, man, that's so much like King Kong. Now, I will say the only thing missing during those Coliseum scenes when they were going around looking for him. I was waiting for Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris to be around oh, in those corners that, there, you that know. Been perfect. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, man. I'm like, I was watching. I said, man, this is where Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee had their showdown. And wouldn't it be cool to have a cameo or something, you know? Of course, you know, th- this was way later, so it would have never have happened. But uh, the Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris was way later. Yeah, this but, was yeah. way but, before. But in day. watching them going through there, and another thing that impressed me too about this movie is the sets. Now I know a lot of them were just set in Italy, but I'm sure, but the miniatures were were awesome oh, too. I just thought the miniature. Yeah, I mean they just did such. A, I mean, I cannot rave enough about the special effects in this movie. That's what gives it that status that I think it should be well held and that, in higher. And that was esteem. one of the things that was so good about Ray's technique was Ray limited his miniature work to as little as possible. Because he wanted to use the set and locations as much as possible. Yes, as much and and he did. And the, he yeah, did and the way one. he would layer the photography uh, over the film itself was just astounding, astounding. What he did. I mean, because I, I think of the scene yeah. you know, when he was on the street, and you look, and it, it looks like he's right there on the street. The street itself is in camera. But now he's obviously special effect added in post. So's the lamp stand he's attached to. So's right. the curb that he's at right there. Right. All that's miniature yeah. work. And it's outstanding because it looks like it fits it's, right in there. I mean, yeah. It looks like it fits right in. There's a, there's a scene where he, uh, you know, is it this one? I'm going to get confused. Where he steps on a vehicle and it's just done so well that I, I was just so impressed. I'm like, man, 
and you knew it was miniature because he didn't really step on a vehicle, of course. But uh, and it was just so good. I can't, like I said, I can't say enough about watching this movie again. And it's been a long time. So I mean, I liked this so much that the, immediately after watching it, I went to Amazon to see how much it would be to purchase this thing. It's going for fifty dollars. The Blu-ray is. Is it really? Um, I've got the Blu-ray yeah. upstairs, man. Like this yeah, one's- that, that one. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have known this. How good this was before, because I would have picked this up long ago. And uh, now it's, of course, when you purchased it, it was probably you know thirty bucks or whatever I, it was. I think then. I got. I, honestly, I think I got mine for maybe twenty five. It may, may be something when like that it. because. But now it's it's up to fifty. I'll I'll find it on eBay. Some oh, somebody so will know plus what they all the have extra special features, in. man. Because you got the interview. Yeah, there's a big long interview and with then, Ray Harryhausen on it. It's dude, right. it's awesome. It's awesome. So I I was just so impressed because I was I I was almost disappointed that I wasn't exposed to this movie more when I was a kid because um, I guess Universal pretty much had the had the had the RKO RKO and Universal. Really had that. Those were the those were the Friday night movies that I usually watch. Were either RKO or Universal. This one was what Warner Brothers. Is it yeah, Warner Brothers? Yeah, Warner had Warner one, Brothers. Yeah. Well, and one of you the know. problems that came with too during the time was is you. This is the turn of where you're starting to get color films. You yeah, know, and they yeah. tried to do this one in color, but the budget allowance did not allow for them to do. That's why they shot it in black and right. white uh, because you got other movies that <clears throat> came out around that time frame that were color so i mean i could see where this one got buried because it was you know we want to see color now not black and white right you know you go to look at, at movies like um uh, gamera the first gamera movie i mean that came out almost a decade after the first godzilla and you were talking 1965 was, yeah and, and they, it should have been yeah it should have been color should have been any color but mm-hmm. budget reasons they had to shoot on black and white film and uh, you got a good point there because uh, to me that color thing Started off as kind of like 3D movies, and and for for uh, I mean the way I related to is I remember every movie had to be in 3D, you know, and right. if it wasn't in 3D, it wasn't worth watching. And I'm like, man, you know, I prefer I don't I don't even watch movies in 3D. I I just don't do it. I, me either. Um, you know, especially I got guy with like me who wears glasses and I have to put those other glasses on top of them. Forget about it. I'm just not gonna do it. So to me, but it was such a gimmick. That I mean, when of course color isn't a gimmick, it, it became mainstay. But you know what I'm saying? In other words, movies were rated on whether or not they were color or not, and and they were either successful or not successful off of that. Yeah, you know, which isn't fair. You know, a movie should be based on how good it is, but that that's just how it went. You know, and uh, that's the closest thing I can think of modern day. You know, um, that that compares to it because. I think people said, "Oh, I'm not going to go watch that. It's in black and white." Right. You know, I'm. Yep. You know, I want to watch color. You know, so. Um, and I remember as a kid, I mean, having a color TV. You know, that was for rich kids back when I was a kid. You know, what I mean, yeah. that, uh, you know, so that, that you know, it was it was a big deal when we got a color TV. But um, so I imagine the same thing for movies. But uh, this movie's just outstanding. Uh, it's I can't I can't rave enough about it. Oh, it's so good. My, I mean, my absolute favorite of all of Harryhausen's films and my favorite of the Charles Sne- Charles Sneer films as well. Um, of course, they worked on Premature Thing together anyway. So, yeah, all right. So yeah. we will hold off on the stomp rating until after we talk about the next film, which has a lot of history to it. Um, and let's go right into this one. Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Uh, Mark? Hang on. Uh-oh. Oh, are we waiting on you? 
Oh, you said, you said hang on. I'm so. You said Mark. I was busy. Oh, oh come on. Well, my bad. Oh, oh, <laughs> Are hey, you available? Hey, to, let me let me call the, Stompy. I'll get you straight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Mr. Mark, do you have time to stop what you're doing and record <laughs> yeah. our show? We are, we are recording. <laughs> I am know. moving over <laughs> to right the next the movie. Is what I was doing here. <laughs> oh, man. all right. So goodness. Twenty thousand fathoms. Okay, the beast from twenty thousand fathoms. Even, I'm not even talking to you. He's not. He's, he's ignoring us. So this movie came out um, June 13th of 1953. It uh, was directed actually by Eugene Laurier, and uh, that may may sound familiar because we have done one of his films in the past. Um, he actually also did Gorgo as well as The Giant Behemoth, which was pretty much a lower budget – well, not a lower budget. It was a higher budget, but came across a lower budget – um, English, ver- <laughs> yeah, English version of The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. So The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms was actually based off of a uh, short story by Ray Bradbury called The Foghorn, which actually was not the original name of the short story. Yeah, it was. It was not. Yeah. yeah. So the original short story was actually called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. And um, they changed the name after Ray and the guys had bought the rights. I think it was like $2,000 they paid for the rights. They called Ray up and said, hey, man, because wow. uh, uh, Harryhausen had writ, written a story. And Ray Bradbury, who, of course, those two were friends, says, hey, this is a lot like my story, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, that I just put out like on the Saturday, you know, Gazette or whatever. And Harry Housen read it, loved it. They said, let's just buy the rights and do this. And so when they did that, they changed the name of Ray Bradbury's actual story from the beast from 20,000 fathoms to the foghorn. Um, <laughs> and then this movie took the beast from 20,000 fathoms as his name. Um, so it came out and this movie had a $200,000 budget. Now it was the, it was picked up and bought for 800,000. But the actual film cost $200,000 to make, and it would go on to gross $5 million at the box office. Now, you got movies like Jaws, which was the first, quotations here, summer blockbuster, okay? Yeah. And it did gargantuan amounts of money. But I have argued and will always argue that the first true summer blockbuster was The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. When you look at the budget versus what it did in the box office, because at that time... The numbers were insane. How this movie never got a sequel, kind of did anyways, but never got an actual official sequel is beyond me. Because, I mean, it just raked in all kinds of cash. Um, So, but this movie, uh, of course, has got, was directed by Eugene Laurier. um, And then it starred the great Kenneth Toby, the great Cecil Kellaway. It installed Paul Paul Christensen as well. Um, And this movie was the first, this was actually the first movie that brought a prehistoric or a, a monster that was brought to life because of the atomic bomb. This is the movie that kicked off the entire atomic monster plethora of films yeah. that we got from them to Godzilla to uh, uh, Giant Claw, you name it. I mean, all the atomic monster movies that came out after this is because of this movie. This- and mm-hmm. this movie actually directly inspired Godzilla. Tomiyuki Tanaka, after seeing this film flying back to Japan, and you know, has like this. This is what inspired him to make Godzilla, because Godzilla originally was like a almost like an octopus-like creature. You know, in the original, you know, thought process of Tanaka's. But then he saw Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, and was like, "Nope, this is it. This is the direction we need to go." A la, we get Godzilla to the point. Also, actually, this movie, and we'll get to the synopsis here in just a second. Um, this movie, the original poster for the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms actually had fire coming out of its mouth. The Beast originally was supposed to be able to breathe fire, but because of budget, yada, 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 it doesn't breathe fire in this movie. 
But Tanaka made sure, after seeing that first original poster, that Godzilla did. So not only did it inspire Godzilla, it also made sure Godzilla had that famous atomic fire breath. Um, so we've got the Beast to thank for that big time. Uh, but so pretty uh, pretty simplistic. Uh, well, not, well, I mean, it is. It's the start of the atomic monster movies. And what you've got is, is Paul uh, Hush... How can I pronounce his name? Hubschmid? Dr. Nesbitt, okay? Um, yeah. He is... <laughs> he's, he's at the North Pole go. with Colonel Jack Evans, who is played by the great Kenneth Toby. Um, and they are doing a nuclear bomb, atomic bomb test. And they want, you know, they're running, you know, fire off this atomic bomb. Then they're doing all these tests on it as they're out there doing these tests. They find, and, you know, Dr. Nesbitt and his, his partner come across the beast. The beast has been awoken, broken out of the iceberg. And it actually, he ends up killing um, his, Nesbitt's uh, partner. Nesbitt ends up getting knocked out. He gets rescued. That's a bad way to die. I Dude, mean, yeah. All like, that. Snow and ice, ice falling. Just, oh, buries oh, him. Oh, oh totally obliterating. Oh, yeah. Um, and the stunt work back then, by the way, was absolutely great because when he falls off that cliff but still survives, that looked like that freaking hurt. Um, <laughs> I was like, that stunt man is the man. Yeah. But so he ends up dying. Nesbeth gets uh, rescued. And when he comes to in the hospital or in the you know, medical ward, he's going on and on. There was this monster. There was this monster. And, of course, nobody believes him. Nobody believes him. He goes back to the States. He's in a psychiatric ward, and he finally says, yes, it was all in my imagination, even though he's lying just so he can get out. Because as soon as he get out, gets out, he goes straight to a professor, Thurgood Elson, and his assistant Lee um, um, Hunter um, to talk about this beast because she heard about it, and, you know, and she wanted to talk to him about it because she believes him because this beast has made it from the North Pole um, down on its way to New York, it actually breaks up and attacks a lighthouse directly from the a la Foghorn, Ray Bradbury story. And then that guy who survives the attack on the on the lighthouse, he talks about the newspaper. And so Lee's like, you got to come talk to Dr. Elson. Elson might believe you. And Elson is also played by the great Cecil Kellaway, which I think is absolutely hilarious because in the movie he makes a joke about leprechauns because when he tries to tell them that this yeah. is not real, <laughs> he was the star of The Luck of the Irish in which he played a leprechaun. <laughs> so I thought that was absolutely gotcha. great in that. So, um, but of course, they come to find out that you know she, Lee takes him back to her place, and he's looking through all these different photos, and he finds a picture of the dinosaur. They take the dinosaur picture, which is a retosaur, to doc, to Dr. Elson. <clears throat> excuse me, Chico Stick coming back to find me. Um, and they they're like, oh, well, it could possibly exist. Well, now this thing is definitely on its way. So they end up going and into a dive bell to try and find this thing uh, in the ocean as it's swimming down to New York. Dr. Elson does find it. Unfortunately, the beast ends up killing Dr. Elson. Uh, and then right before he kills Dr. Elson is when it makes its way onto land and decides to t attack New York in what is an absolutely amazing sequence. And then, of course, the movie culminates. They find a weapon or they come up with a radioactive isotope to be able to kill the creature because they find out that as they shot, shot the creature, the blood in the beast is radioactive and it's killing people and poisoning people or making people around the citizens right. you know, poisoned by radioactivity. So they use a radioactive isotope loaded into a rocket, and at what's technically supposed to be Coney Island, even though it's not, it's the amusement park in um, L.A., where they shot it, they fight the beast, they end up shooting it with a rocket, and finally bring this thing down and kill it uh, right in the middle of this roller coaster set that's on fire, and it's absolutely epic. That's the plot for every other giant monster movie about the atomic bomb from yeah. here on out for the next several decades. But this is the one that started it all. Pretty, very simple story. Very, very simple story. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
but this is what started it all. Um, Mark, you take the reins. You go first on this guy. Okay, yeah, I'm ready now. You had a question. Are you ready? Me? Oh yeah, I'm ready now. I just want to make sure you're good. Uh, to go. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. Uh, it is a very good movie, and and you know, and to, to kind of kick things off as far as <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, the monster movie with the atomic bomb and and where that has gone since that movie. I thought they uh, for the first one to come out. I thought the acting was good. Special effects are good. Everything about the movie is, oh, yeah. is you got good. To, you got you know, to Kenneth Toby. It's it's, it's, you know, it's it's a black and white movie, you know, and and for to watch it nowadays, you know, that's something hard to sit down and really watch, and um, and so I thought they did this a uh, fantastic job, uh, really really life lifelike. Uh, that's a I I can't say its name. The Redisor. Yeah, that thing. The Redisor. Um, that's you know, <laughs> and I think it's just, you know, Lee Van Cleef, it's, yeah, yeah. he's in it. Yeah. He's the one that actually kills, he's in it. Yep. Uh, uh, kills it. And, but I, I thought, uh, overall, I thought it was a very good movie, you know, compared to the first one we watched, uh, not, maybe not quite as good, but still entertaining. You know, the, the, oh, yeah. the story plot, even though it was simple, you, it, it kept you going and you stayed in it and, and where right. it was at and what it was going. And so I thought, uh, thumbs up, a very, very good movie. Ruben, what about you? Oh, yeah, I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. Now, this one did have a nostalgia feeding. As a matter of fact, uh, okay, and if I've already told this story, I apologize to the listeners. When I was a kid, okay, Friday nights was the night, okay? Uh, and I know some of y'all already heard some of this. I mean, every Friday night, KHTV, out of, when we got cable, finally, KHTV out of Houston, would show every every Friday night. It was either, man, they went through the Planet of the Apes. They went through, you know, um, the um, is it Andy Hardy? Andy Hardy movies. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah, Andy. Yeah. Is it Andy yeah. Hardy? They would show, um, you know, they go through all the Abbott and Costello movies. They'd go through they and they would go through the Universal Monster. It was, and then they'd go through some monster movies. And I remember this one being on one night. But thing is, the way I would do it is we we had our CV, TV set up. It was in the living room. I turn off all the lights. My dad had built like a toy chest in the, in a corner of the living room to put all my toys in, but it had like cushion on top. So it was more like a, it was a hidden toy chest, you know, it was made out of wood so you could sit on it, you know, but it was long enough that I could lie down on the thing. I was a kid, so I could lie down on the sucker easily. So I turn off all the lights, get me some popcorn or some kind of snack, a drink. I'd sit on that toy chest and watch monster movies. When this one came on, it immediately gave me that. Uh, when I turned it on, I immediately turned off all the lights in my living room <laughs> <laughs> and sat there, Got went and got me a drink, sat there, you know, put it on a coffee table and just enjoyed this movie because it just took me back. Um, Mark mentioned it was in black and white. I think that that was part of the appeal for me, that it was in black and white. Um, and maybe that was the one that was Warner Warner yeah, Brothers. It was, I don't yeah, know. It, it, it was, Brothers, it was yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers. Maybe that was the one that was Warner Brothers. And so I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. I know it, it kicked off that whole Godzilla. You know, it inspired the Godzilla. But but its story is is it's simplistic, but it gets to the point, and it's a it's a good monster movie. The stop motion, excuse me, stop motion is good on it. Um, I thought the acting was good. Now, I did notice right off the bat that. That uh, Alvin Greenman, he's one. He's just a radar guy in the very beginning of the movie, but 
He played Alfred in Miracle on 34th yep. Street, yep, and right. I immediately recognized him when I, that movie came out. He played Alfred, on, and I'm like, hey, that's Alfred from Miracle on 34th Street. And, you know, it, was, it just immediately, I mean, you know his voice, his face. He's just, he's very recognizable. And he's just he just plays a minor part. He's on in the first, I don't know, three minutes, and then he's he's gone for the rest of the movie. But uh, I thought the acting was good in this one. I thought the stop motion oh, was, again, uh, so Harryhausen doesn't do bad. I mean, you know. Yeah, it, it's great on this one, and and the the movie we did first actually came out after, so you can see where his craft is even getting honed more and more. So it's good to see his evolution, where um, I guess he never he never stopped thriving to get better at his oh, craft. Absolutely, absolutely, which is it's great. You know that's what makes us, that what makes the movies so much better is he never stopped trying to get better, and this one's up there. I, I the creature design was. I mean, cause, you know, considering that that he didn't have anything to, you know, that when they made this movie, this was all Harryhausen saying, okay, this is what I want him to look like. This is what I, you know, this is what, this is what I want. Considering he didn't have, you know, it was just him, his inspiration to come up with that. And then, of course, now we got Godzilla and like you said, every other giant monster. Now, I will say he he started off the Atomic Age monster, but... The way I understood the story, he was just released because they were testing the atomic bomb. He wasn't, I don't know, if, I guess yeah, he was yeah, exposed because yeah, his blood yeah. was radioactive, right? His blood was, he, so he was exposed, but it's not like he grew in size. I mean, he was the size he was, and it wasn't until later on in the movie that you find out, oh, his blood's radioactive, so that means he's radioactive. Um, and it's kind of disappointing not to see that fire breathing, um, but Still, it doesn't take away from the overall feel of this movie, which is great. This is this is another, but this one does get accolades because it's it's forever tied right. to Godzilla. You know, it's forever uh, tied as the inspiration of Godzilla. So this one does get accolades, um, and, and it deserves it. It does. It deserves every single accolade that it gets. Um, and I'm, I'm I think I saw that it's rated pretty high on Rotten. Both of these are rated pretty high on, on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, so both of these movies are great. So uh, this one, too, I don't have many complaints uh, uh, about this movie. Uh, I saw this one first, so when I saw it, I thought, this is a good movie, and then I saw the other one, I, oh, I like this one better, you know? So I rated, stomp rated it accordingly. So man, that's I, it, man. That's I what I got one. on this. Like, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, 20 Million Miles is my favorite. <laughs> this is my second favorite Harry Housen film for so many reasons. Yes, if it wasn't for Beast... We wouldn't have had the Godzilla that we got, and so that I'm forever grateful. But putting Godzilla right. aside, this movie was just absolutely amazing. One, I mean, you got a great cast. I'd already been at this time as a kid. Um, prior to seeing this, I'd already been introduced to Kenneth Toby. Became a huge fan of his because of the theme from Another World. The you know that was with James Arness that came out. I saw that movie first. Loved that movie, even though all they do is freaking open and close doors in it. It's still a great movie. Um, but so I knew Kenneth Toby. And I already you know, loved him as an actor. And, of course, Cecil Kellaway, I didn't know, seen this until after I saw Luck of the Irish many years later. And I was like, oh, dude, it's him, you know? Um, now I get the leprechaun joke. Um, so I love the cast. The cast in this movie is very strong, very good cast. Ray Bradbury and, the, and, the, and uh, Eugene Laurier, who I want to talk about for a moment, did a phenomenal job picking the cast and directing the cast. Eugene, of course, would go on to do Gorgo. And Gorgo... 
to, I think overall, I don't know. It's hard to decide which one I like better. This one gets more accolades because it, you know, it it created Godzilla, so to speak. But Gorgo, I thought, was just like the pinnacle of his giant monster films. Giant Behemoth was complete garbage, but Eugene just had a uh, he had a good way of just telling the story. I liked the way he progressed his stories, and he handled this one extremely well. And with Ray Bradbury, just had an eye for the scenes with the Beast in this movie, and the scenes where he's going down through New York, terrorizing New York. I mean, not not even starting there. Starting when he comes out of the ocean at the you know uh, in Hudson Hudson River or whatever it is yeah. right there, Hudson Bay. That is an epic scene. You know, I mean, that scene is absolutely awesome. I look back at that scene and go. Uh, y'all should have just told you know they did that same scene in Godzilla '98, which I've talked many times before. How '98 should have never been a Godzilla movie. They should have done. They should have been called the remake of the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms because it it absolutely yep. is. I've never heard you say that. You lie. We even talked <laughs> about it earlier. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what you're talking but, about. You know, it, I just it, see things on your shelf. You know, whatever. It should have been called the Beast. Um, but but so. Uh, those scenes, of course, are which are ninety eight is just totally steals from the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. In in the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, those scenes are just epic. You know, what I mean, and, and in the original release, they put it on a video release later. But there's even the scene where he swallows the cop, where he eats the cop. That's unreal. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. It's just it's terrifying scene. Where in Twenty Million Miles to Earth, the scenes with the Emir are awe inspiring. You know, what I mean, they're you're just jaw dropped in awe. When you see the beast, your jaw dropped in terror. You know what I mean? In that scene where he eats the cop, you even see the cop's legs flip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. You, you know, kinda... I mean, just because Harry Housen, dude, he was, he was so good at what he did. Yeah. But so so this one had such a menace to it. And, the, of course, the Redisaur looks absolutely amazing. Uh, but it was so terrifying and menacing seeing him destroy the city. And, of course, the climactic scene at, you know, the end uh, at Coney Island is just absolutely epic. I mean, so there's not, I mean the, the soundtrack's great. Even the underwater sequences uh, with the diving bell and uh, him swimming through the water. Looked fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Um, this movie is just for me was is great. It's one of the ones of his that I can go back and watch over and over and over again. These two especially. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in this one that was little things that you, if you pay attention to that I didn't notice at first, but over the years I've been like, oh yeah, this is, and then there's this. So if you go back and notice little things, not Easter eggs because they're not Easter eggs, but things you might catch like <clears throat> the Arctic lab base that they're at that's the same set from the thing from another world that the kenneth toby's starting as well so i was like going back watching as a teenager i'm like hey wait a minute that looks familiar i'm like that is and i go back and look back and forth i'm like that's the same set that's really freaking cool um that they would do that to the things they put in like all the dinosaur drawings that they look at was Mm -hmm. done by a renowned artist named charles knight charles knight He's the guy that did all the drawings for dinosaurs back then. I mean, he was pretty much the go-to man of like, okay, here's the bones. What's it supposed to look like? He would come up with the drawings. His drawings inspired the dinosaurs for movies like The Lost World. We're talking, you know, the original The Lost World. Um, you know, so yeah. and and the dinosaurs in King Kong. I mean, everything that you see from those classic movies and dinosaurs, their go-to for information was these Charles Knight photos. So I thought, I thought that was really cool. You know, I mean, when you look through, so I mean, when you're watching it, even as a kid, I remember going, man, I feel like I've seen that picture, and I've seen that picture, and I've seen that picture. Well, the reason why they all look so familiar is because these are pictures that's been used throughout history because of Charles Knight and how well-renowned he was. I wonder, I wonder if he was the artist and the uh, 
King Kong versus Godzilla. Remember that scene where that scientist is talking and they got that picture up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's one of his, too. Yeah, I bet. I bet it probably is. When you said that, I'm like, man, it was up, and then they kind of showed it, and and, uh, that picture, now that you say it, I'm like, man, you know what? That looks eerily like that picture from King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, it could be. I need to look that up. So, I mean, so there's so much about this movie I absolutely just adore and I love. Creating Godzilla, the monstrous absolutely phenomenal um i mean you even and you love these characters i mean even cecil man i mean as dr el uh, el elrod he uh when he dies yeah. you that sucks you know what i mean it's like oh man yeah. like, even watching it again the other night i've seen this movie i don't know how many times i'm like yeah. oh he's about to die and he, he was on the verge of going on vacation yeah that's all yeah he was, va- he was, he was going about on holiday. to go on vacation like he was, he was about to go on the holiday and he said dr elson oh you know he was looking forward to elson yeah yeah he was you know he was yeah, ready to go he was but, ready to go on vacation poor guy yeah so and what's you know and and, and, and that scene uh, cool I, I brought up eugene laurier too because i want to bring that up too because if you if you remember there's the dive bell scene from gorgo which is literally yeah. the same scene My, they don't he doesn't get killed from this movie i mean right. it's the same thing you know what i mean yeah um <clears throat> Excuse me. So I absolutely love it. Special effects were top notch. I mean, I don't say again because this came out before Twenty Million Miles of the Earth, but special effects were top notch. This movie inspired the greatest monster movie monster of all time um, because it's just that it created great. a it created a. I mean, you you can argue King Kong started the genre, but as far as atomic monsters, you, you, this, this is, is it. it. This is what created it. Yeah. yeah. This is you the know. first one, you know. You know. Um, so I, I think it's an absolutely phenomenal film. Very little. The only thing I could say I, maybe I don't like about the movie is the story is a little simplistic, but it's not bad. It's just, it's a kind of a simplistic story. You know what I mean? And I, and I think the the ending was a little weak. Um, he, he really didn't do anything there besides try to eat the roller coaster. Uh, you know, right there yeah. at the very yeah. end. And, and I'd like to see him, you know, at least go out attacking. Uh, go out know, with a little more of a bang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he kind of ate the roller coaster, got shot, walked around two circles, and out he went. Well, again, yeah. a la. Good movie. Why God's on 98 should have been in remake for this because, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's basically what happened. He just got tangled up in some wires instead. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. it. You yep. know, and, so, you, you and got shot with some missiles that and that was it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a great. His, you know, he's a historian of Godzilla ninety eight. Oh, absolutely. If, if there if there was if there was a class taught in college on Godzilla ninety eight, they would call, call this oh, man. Okay, call yeah, because call it was that man. it was that detrimental. Professor I mean, Professor Sludge oh, is yeah. going to teach. <laughs> if I ever went through a, a period of depression in my life, hey, his cl- his classroom would be the nerd vault because there's enough up there. There is not. Of, there oh, there yeah. is not. <laughs> it is far outweighed by others. So, all right, let's get going. Let's it's t- it's time for the stomp rating. All right, so here we go. We got two movies to rate. The first one up is 20 Million Miles to Earth, which we collectively gave a four and a half. And that was because of Mark. It's his fault uh, because I gave it a five. Ruben, you gave it a four and a half, right? And then and then uh, Mark yeah. Mark gave it a 3.9 oh, or whatever. You didn't write it down. Oh, you know no, I didn't write it down. So, okay. But, I mean, overall, I mean, we rated this one really, really high. It is one of the better films we've reviewed. Yes. Um, like yes. I said, I gave it a five. Um, with no nostalgia needed. 
Um, I mean, because there's some nostalgia yeah. factor to this film. Um, but we all did. I mean, four to four to five, we rated this thing. It is if you've not seen Twenty Million Miles to Earth, definitely watch. You've got to watch this movie because it is just a pinnacle <laughs> of special effects from that that era. It's a great story, acting, everything's top notch. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Now, the origins of Godzilla, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, collectively. This one got a four from us, so a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, for me, it was on account of you know the story is not as good. I didn't find this one just just because it was not at, even though it inspired Godzilla, it just wasn't quite to par of what Twenty Million Miles to Earth was for me. So I, mean, I gave this one like a four and a half, but collectively we gave it a four. Is it just lacked a little bit uh, in in comparison, especially with the storyline? The actors again were were great. But the pacing wasn't quite as good as 20 Million Miles to Earth was. Um, <clears throat> and for those few minute reasons, it didn't get a five for me. Um, but again, collectively a four. I mean, they're the best. They're the best Ray Harryhausen films, in my opinion, <clears throat> the best Ray Harryhausen films there there are. Now, of course, that can be argued, I, and I would even succeed yeah. maybe to some other people, because Ruben, you'll totally go with the Sinbads, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I would, I would start arguing on the Sinbads. Yeah, I would, because that, 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 those were my favorites. But this one, you know, this one, this, I mean, I, I tell you what, I, I would say this. I said it. That that was the best Ray Harrenhausen Ray Harrenhausen work I've seen. So oh, it's you know, so I would good. not argue with you that much. I might try to defend. Sinbad. Well, and the Sinbads but, are phenomenal. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like you defend yeah, they 98. Are. Not to not defend 98. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, or like people will defend, you know, Clash. The, there'll be tons of people to be like, Clash of Titans is the best of his films. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's going, there's, I know people that Jason the Argonauts, that's top notch, you know, for him. So, yeah. It, it's one of those yeah. things, too. It's like, I mean, you're going to walk into, it's very subjective. Know, hey, walk it's into a car subjective. dealership and you pick yourself a Corvette out of this. Pull of Corvettes. That's what you're doing with Harry Housen films. There's not yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. bad. You just pick the best of whatever one you want. You know what I mean? Um, some yeah. great. You pick out your cut. You just pick out your color. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just you pick, know, pick you out, pick your out color. the color because it's mm-hmm. absolutely top yeah. notch no matter what. So why do I why do I need the paperback? Oh, I do. I do. We got the, we got the trivia coming up. Yeah. I need to write my answers down. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, there you go. Thank you guys so much for. Uh, well, of course, we got some stuff coming up for you here in a second. But thank you so much for letting me do a double feature of my two favorite Ray Harryhausen films. And you heard it from us: four and a half and a four. These are must see movies. If you've not seen these, you need to. For Twenty Million Miles to Earth, you need to at least watch it because it's the it's it, it can be argued as being the best of Harryhausen's, the best stop motion animation work there is. And of course, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Not only being amazing, it is what inspired Godzilla and kicked off the plethora of Atomic Age monster movies. So, so it's a double bill for Sludge's 40th birthday. I am not great. 40. I am 37. And you know what? Now, I, I now I could see this in a drive-in as a double bill. Oh, yeah. You just oh, yeah. Man, oh, yeah. That would have yeah. been, been perfect. Oh, yeah. man. I'd love to go to a drive-in to see these two movies. I would, too. That would be, this that, is a that'd be the best movie. drive-in experience ever for me. So. Yeah. All right, guys. It's it's time for the next one. Are you guys ready for <laughs> test your might? Well, we don't we have to have a review first. Well, let's get into the segment. Oh, okay. My it's bad. Time yeah. test, <laughs> it's time to test. It's time to test your might. Who is worse, Sludge or Stompy, man? <laughs> man. Let's do it. Yeah. Test your might. Test your might. Test your might. Test your might. Test your might.
your might. All right. So, yes, last time I lost and I had to watch such an unbelievably hilarious movie called The Ginger Dead Man that Mark picked out for me. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting me uh, watch that uh, Gary Busey gym that's missed by most. Um, So, I mean, quickly, uh, it's very much like Chucky or, or, you know, I mean, um, Child's Play. Uh, You got a serial killer um, who gets killed and brought back to life through some magic as a gingerbread man. Uh, And he's after the girl that uh, survived, you know, he, he, he kills uh, in a diner, her whole family pretty much. Um, and uh, except for her mom kills her, her dad and her brother. And she's the only survivor. He's put to death, comes back as a gingerbread cookie because she runs her family's bakery. And uh, she's trapped inside with a couple friends. And Gary Busey is a gingerbread serial killer. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome. It is as crazy as you think it would be. And the one-liners, <coughs> it, it's it's a little bit language-heavy, but some of the one-liners from Gary Busey are just top-notch, man. I mean, the gin, the, the Pillsbury Doughboy jokes are phenomenal. Uh, the Eat Me jokes are phenomenal. This movie was great. Like I remember watching it when it came out years and years and years ago and absolutely enjoyed this movie. It was just so stupid. It's fun. And uh, again... I severely enjoyed this movie, so thanks, Mark. Oh, I, yeah. I appreciate yeah, you're that. Welcome. You're welcome. If you guys want to keep throwing those type of ones at me, that'd be awesome. So, all right, you guys ready for the next round of trivia? Let's do this. Thing. <clears throat> all right, Ruben, you got your pen and paper? Yes, sir. I'm ready to rock and roll. Just, you know, just want to make sure. All right, here we go. Yeah. Number one, the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms was called what in Japan? A, the sea monster. B, atomic monster appears. Or C, dinosaur in New York. Could could you say that one more time? Um, A, the sea monster. Do you need the question again? Yeah. Okay. The beast. No, no, no. Just uh, just answer. Just answer. A, the sea monster. B, atomic monster appears. Or C, dinosaur in New York. All right. I got it. All right. Number two, we learn that the Emir originated from Venus, hence the title, 20 million miles from Earth. But how far is Venus from Earth actually? A, 23.6 million miles, B, 19.7 million miles, or C, 28.3 million miles? I have no idea. I'm watching the next movie. By the way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You got your answers? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. You're studying those questions really too hard no, what, right what, there. Hold on. What actor? What's going on? Is it, okay, something's happened with Charlie uh, Zemo here. It's all. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Hold on. What's going go. on? Yeah. That's not the yeah. same yeah. question right, you sent me earlier. No, something's going on with email. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey, stomp down suckers. It's me, Stompy. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And I decided to help my good buddy Charlie out since he's been catching some flack lately. So the final question isn't going to be multiple choice. It's going to be Frank's favorite game show style, The Price is Right. (laughs) Basically, whoever gets the number-based question answered closest without going over even by one wins. So simple, even Frank gets it. Ready? Here it goes. Oh, crap. Ginger Dead Man director Charles Band is famous for his direct-to-video movies, and he has a laundry list of producing, directing, and writing credits over a long career. How many credits of the three jobs listed above does he currently have? Ha-ha. Good luck. 
<laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, how, wait, many, wait. how many? How many? How many movie credits? Is that uh, what he's asking? For producing, directing, and writing credits over a long career, there's a message. Okay. There's a P.S. at the bottom. P.S. It's me, Frank. I'm really sorry about Stompy doing this. I feel bad. So here's a hint. It's over 400, but less than 500. Shh! Don't tell Stompy I did this. I think I may have just ruined that for you, Frank. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, uh, so. All right, so we've got to get this. Uh, I, I already wrote down an answer. I'm I'm going to I'm guessing one totally out in, in, in the ball field here. Everybody got an idea? I have no idea, but I did get a number. What what number? I wonder what number you get. What do you mean? Well, we'll it's between four hundred and five hundred. Four hundred and five hundred. So. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Number one. What was the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms called in Japan? The answer is. B, Atomic Monster Appears. Oh, uh, yeah. That's it. I got it. Got it. You got that one, Mark? Yes, sir. I'm surprised. That's awesome. Yes, sir. I knew that one. Number two. I, I didn't know this one. I'm not going to lie to you guys. You did know it? I didn't know this one. How far is Venus from Earth? The correct answer is A, 23.6 million miles. Bam. Got that one. Whoa. All right. I, I mean, yeah. That You see, let, let me give you a uh, – Charlie, I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you, so, give you credit. I study for these questions. <laughs> okay. So when I'm going over these movies, I'm like, okay, what is Charlie going to throw at us? And in which direction? So, you know, when, when I was in college and even in high school, I studied the professor more than anything else because I had to figure out what kind of test they gave. And, that, and, and that's, this is what I'm doing with Charlie. Let's see if he can loop, uh, throw me for a loop on the next one. But so far... I knew he was going to ask that Venus question. I just knew it. So did you so, got it right too? Yeah, okay, so we're right all two too. for two. Here. I knew he was going to ask that about <laughs> Venus. It's going to boil down, <laughs> down to this one. Oh Frank. man. Yeah. All right, number three, and 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 Charlie did put a note here. Sorry, guys, Tompy caught me off guard. The correct answer is four hundred and seventy-eight. I got four sixty-three, and I'll show it to you. No the way! Hey, look at that. 463. 463. I put 463. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> really? All three of us. That's amazing. Nobody looked at answers. I cannot believe that. Oh, my God. What are the odds of all of us doing a 463? <laughs> what the heck? Wow. Oh, That's my amazing. goodness. Amazing. We were pretty, uh, we were in You know there, what I was going to do? I was going to do a price and write. I was going to ask, I was going to ask Sludge, what did you do? I was going to do one dollar, one more. Yeah. <laughs> then I would have won. One, but I did my four sixty three. Four sixty three, and and there's no way. I mean, you guys see it, right? You guys, see yeah, it? yeah. I'm looking at four sixty three. I mean, my he's goodness. in Texas. Wow, we all got four sixty three. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, all right, so we all got two right and no. one wrong. No, I got all three right. I got all three. No, four sixty three is not the right answer. It is. No, four seventy eight. Right, right. But the closest. Wait. Oh, yeah. Closest to it. That's right. That's right. Price is right. Without going over. So yeah, we were all right. Price is right. Now. All right. So oh, all three of us. Sludge here. Sludge here doesn't watch the Price is Right. Last time I saw Bob Barker, yeah. he was beating up Adam Sandler. So give me a break. Okay. Um, That's true. Well, okay. it's not Bob Barker Bob, anymore. Yeah, well. It's Drew Carey. Yeah. It's Drew Carey now. Yeah. That's all. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. We all three won. Um. Now back to your regularly scheduled program.
We have a tiebreaker question. Thanks to Josh from the band The Protest, my old lead singer and the guy who does the retro news segment for us. He came in for us at the last minute with a question based off a monster movie. And here's our tiebreaker question. Boys, are you ready? Who directed the movie Slither? Was it A, James Gunn, B, Takashi Meek, or C, Robert Eggers? Oh, I just... I just wrote the name down. What was it again? What was the choices? So, um, who directed the movie Slither? <laughs> a, was it James Gunn? B, Takashi Meek? Or C, Robert Eggers? Gotcha. Do we have our answers? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's see what it is. He hasn't texted me the answer yet. <laughs> I have to look it up. Oh. I can give you the answer because I already know. Uh, the answer is... A, James Gunn. I know that. I did. And so did Charlie. Uh, Mark lost again, and it's Josh's fault. Thank you, Josh (laughs) Bramlett. Thank you, Josh. We have survived. So next time we'll make sure Charlie gets us a tiebreaker question. But thank you, Josh, so much for pulling through for us there at the last minute. Uh, We did call him on the fly, and he got us taken care of. Mark, Ruben. Make your pick. Make your pick. I did last time. Oh. Last time me and you won. Yeah. I I picked the movie. You. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was gonna go to you. Yeah, last. Well, actually, uh, you picked Kiss me. Meets the Phantom. Oh no, that's right. You picked. Did. Okay, so never mind. I'm picking. I did. Mark. So you're picking. Yep. Yeah. You get to watch the last shark. The last shark. The last shark. Okay. It is on the Plex. I was even talking to Pete about it the other day. He goes, "Why in the." Bleep! Would you make anybody watch that movie? I was oh, like, and if Pete's if, saying that, good <laughs> lordy. So, uh, awesome. So, Last Shark, you got to let us know. All right, guys. That was uh, a fun episode for sure, and the trivia definitely got crazy. Yes. Um, That never happened. 463 is now my new favorite number um, because that was crazy we did that. So, all right, guys. Thank you all again so much for celebrating my birthday with this episode. Appreciate it so much for me letting me do a double feature. Again, if you guys have not seen 20 Million Miles to Earth or The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, go check those movies out. We all highly recommend it. Um, Also, coming up this month, the next episode from us is going to be a 2016 film called The Monster. This one is going to be a really good episode because this will probably be a much deeper episode than you've heard from us. Uh, That's kind of the reason why I picked this movie because it's really, really good and it'll really make you think. Also, be looking out. We've got commercials coming out soon and make sure and go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the little notification bell so that you know when videos are popping up because the Stompy and Frank episode one. First episode, first show from those guys will be coming out on the 30th of this month. It is an all-video cast show, and if you want to be able to see it, you've got to watch it on YouTube. So please go find us on YouTube at The Monster Movie Stomp Down, and then uh, like and subscribe to the page, hit the little bell notification, and uh, you'll know when the episode drops. Um, and, of course, as always, join our Facebook group. Um, join us, Follow us on Instagram. That way you can come talk to us. We've got plenty of amazing things that happen. We've got tons of extra content that go on all week long. Mondays we do the underdogs where we review or we talk about um, movies you may have probably have never heard of that kind of went underneath the radar and we call them underdogs because they're worth watching and worth checking out. Wednesday we got Ruben's new uh, content which is the Monster Mash Wednesdays where he picks up and does 
music. I mean, and in great detail, by the way. I'm loving all the information that he's putting out um, on songs that are either featured in a monster movie or songs by bands that are about monsters in some fashion or form. Uh, he's doing a phenomenal job on that. And of course, Fridays, we got our Friday Night Fights, where we pit two um, you know, famous monsters against each other, and you guys decide who wins. Ruben, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I just um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's Monster Mash, which is uh, Iron Maiden's uh, Phantom of the Opera. Is It was my pick for this past one. We're, we're airing this on Friday. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so it hasn't happened yet. I'm talking about the future now. He's messing with so, your uh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also wanted to t- take, give you a hint on what's next. And uh, my hint is, make sure I don't get I don't. Uh, just cut it all up. Uh, next week is the next. Yeah, next week is going to be something groovy. Ooh, oh, that's the hit. Something groovy. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's coming from like the Evil Dead series. It's got to. I'm thinking Army of Darkness. Don't give away. We'll, get, we'll find out. We'll find okay. out. I don't want to dive into My mind is went working, you know. So, all right. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. If you want to get in on all the extra content that we give you guys, of course, you know, the underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and Friday Night Fights, please go join us on Facebook. Our group is the Monster Movie Stomp Down group. Join us there. And, of course, we talk about stuff all the time and not just these extra content things. And we've grown into a good little community of, of friends now. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram. We put the extra content there. That's the only two places you will find the extra content that we give every single week. And, of course, be listening. You never know when the monthly prize pack is going to be going out. So when you hear the contest drop with the Retro News segment, you make sure you jump on either the Facebook group or Instagram. Again, the only two places you can enter the contest, and you will win a monthly prize pack from us. And so far, the first two that's gone out, people have loved them. Included in that prize pack is one card from our collector, our collector's trading card series that we put out. And they look great. You guys got yours, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Got him. I sure did. I got him right, right here with my other. Of course, with my they got a prestigious place with my King Kong cards and my Planet of the Ape cards. Ruben, did you get yours first, Uh, or or was it me that got? Oh no, it was Charlie that got. I don't want to hear that. So so good. Come on. All right, Charlie Charlie got his first. Ruben, when you got now, you know, I because I met Charlie pretty much the day that I got the cards. You know, we went. You know, so. yeah. I got got gave him his set because I told him he was getting the set, and then Ruben, you got a set. Josh from the protest got a set. Mark got a set, and then of course Pete got a set. Um, Ruben, what did you do with your set once you got them? What did I? Well, first of all, I went through and read them all. You know, read the front and back, <laughs> and then uh, and then I and then I put them in a prestigious location here, and uh, my nerd vault, aka. RJ's old room <laughs> <laughs> or now the podcast room, but for that gets invaded by my wife during the day to do business and accounting and stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> not important. I told her that's not, that's yeah. I just say, just don't move my mic and we're okay. So, so you got them and you enjoyed them and then you put them up on display. At yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, man. Right yeah. Still, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, they're still in, uh, yeah, they're still on the top loader. Look at that. Right Look at that. You know, they're still all, so they're all in order. Okay. You know, That's cool. You order. got them. You enjoyed yeah, them. I've got a little shelf here. Yeah, I got a little shelf here with, uh, matter of fact, it's right next to a Spider Man and Hulk comic book. Uh, Peppy Hair Bigger from uh, Star Fox. 
and uh, King Kong versus Godzilla Kong. Man, sits right there. Nice, yeah, so sitting so right there. On the see now, now I, I, I yeah. got my cards, and of course coming. I put it's them coming. in top loaders. Actually, I, t- I I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I took two sets for myself. I put a set in top loaders, yeah. and they're in they're cased and put away. Uh, just to keep safe, right. but then I took another set and put them on display in my with my card collection. So they're right there with my ah, Ultramans, yeah, yeah. my Godzilla cards, full yeah, display, wh- looking great. Mark, what did you do with your with your cards? My cards, uh, when I got done, <laughs> are lost. Lo- looking at them, uh, I threw them away. <laughs> Whatever, threw them away. <laughs> no. that, that actually went in the safe at my work. You left them at work. Uh, That's what you safe. did. Yeah, they're still there. They're still there. They're I still, am at. If it, uh, if, what are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I am I'm, at I'm, work I'm, more than I am at home. Yeah. I'm working six, right next to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, right those are sweet. See that? I did that. Yeah. I took, that's what I did with the monster Yeah, yeah. yeah I took care of them. Yeah. You okay. left them at your place of employment. Where are they at? At my place of employment. So I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Okay. I don't want to hear exactly the safe. That's exactly. Yeah. You, you thought you had me, didn't you? Oh, I knew it. That's I why I had to say thrown away. That's why I had to say it. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. During the podcast, I was... Uh RJ's been texting me, so I've been I was doing back and forth. I hope I wasn't too distracted. No, no, guys. So, all right, guys. But, thank uh, you all again yeah. so much for listening to the episode. Uh, again, you know, get on Facebook and social media. It's not just for us, but for everybody on the on the podcast group. Um, we have great shows. Everyone's absolutely awesome. Get to know them. Talk to them. These, the group's pages are so much fun. Um, we thank you again so much, and we'll definitely talk to you again in two weeks. This is Sludge. And Mark. You got Ruben in Texas. Y'all have a good night. Come on, you hey, You want to live forever? Now what? But no matter what happens, Godzilla will win. Man, Robocop was better. Hello, peasants. Stompy here, reminding you to join the Monster Movie Stompdown Facebook group and follow us on Instagram so you can get all the extra content from the Monster Movie Stompdown. Three times a week, we bring extra content with The Underdogs on Mondays, where we discuss great monster movies you might have missed, Monster Mash Wednesday, where we discuss the music of the monster movies or monster-related music, and of course, Friday Night Fights, where we put two titular monsters is that even the right word i don't know if i can say that word uh, in the ring and you decide who wins so don't be a loser go join us on facebook and follow us on instagram